Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, 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 friends. Welcome back to the Frontier Freedom Hour, hosted by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. If you're not familiar with the Centennial Institute, go to centennial.ccu.edu. We're kind of like the Heritage Foundation for Colorado. We have a whole team of fellows. We have lobbyists down at the state capitol. We're trying to do our best to stem the, the radical leftism that's taking place in Colorado. We also host the Western Conservative Summit, one of the largest annual gatherings of conservatives in the Western United States. And one of the great treats that I have is getting to interact with these brilliant, uh, up-and-coming young conservatives, uh, people like Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro. They've all been a part of what we've been doing, and now I can't even afford them. Uh, they've grown so big and they're doing so well. But one of the people that's really caught my eye that I think is doing a fantastic job is the mayor of Coronado Island in California. This is a wonderful island just outside San Diego, California, uh, real close to Tijuana. That's got some issues we're going to talk about here in a second with regards to water and what that's kind of doing to the beaches. But it's really a beautiful community, kind of like Mayberry, uh, generally pretty conservative. It is starting to lean uh, the other direction a little bit, but uh, Really a wonderful military town. It's got the Naval Air Station, North Island. It's got the Naval Amphibious Base, Coronado. It trains the U.S. Navy SEALs for America, one of the most elite fighting forces out there. You can actually see them training. They come right through the public beaches. They land their boats on rocks. It really is a very cool community. And I am honored to have the mayor of this community in town or in studio with us. We're broadcasting this week from San Diego enjoying a little vacation out here. But Mayor Bailey, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you, you're a relatively young guy, 36 years old. You've been the mayor now for five years, which means you were elected around 29 or uh, 31. I mean, yeah. I'd do my math better. But uh, how did you get to where you want, where you are today? Yeah, so I was, I was born and raised in, in the San Diego area. Yeah. And I noticed that when I, when I got to college, although I was studying uh, business finance, one of my closest friends was a philosophy major, and him and I would have these great late-night intellectual discussions. At least we thought they were intellectual at the time. I'm, I'm sure looking back, they probably weren't, but we would have these great late-night discussions. And at that time, if you would ask me, hey, why are you a Republican? The best answer I could have given you was, well, because my mom's a Republican. And, and she told me I'm a Republican because she is. And he, as a, one of my good friends, really challenged me on that and said, hey, you really need to go deeper into that. Like, it's, it's just not enough for you. Even just as a regular citizen, that's not enough for you to say, oh, I, I'm a Republican because my mom was. And so he introduced me to a couple pieces of literature, uh, one written by John Locke, the other, other by Frederick Bastiat, which was call, uh, called The Law. And those, those two books really kind of started to shape uh, my, my ideology and how I saw the role of government. And so I credit him for really getting me into understanding the, the questions of, well, where does government derive its authority from? And what is the proper role of government in our society? And what, what are natural rights and natural law? Mm. And but so I, I finished my major in business finance. I started my career up in San Francisco uh, working in the financial sector. But I just always had this passion for, for public policy. And I always had this curiosity for politics. And I, I really try to differentiate the two because Politics and public policy are are not the same thing whatsoever, but you can't really have you can't really have one without the other, unfortunately. But they are very distinct. 
And so as I was kind of making my way through my financial career, I found myself still continuing to be curious about politics, still uh, really interested in good, sound public policy. When I eventually made my way over to the city of Coronado, fell in love with Coronado, fell in love with the community, and just realized, hey, this is where I really want to plant some roots, and I want to get more involved. I, when I was, I was 26, I thought, gosh, you know, I volunteered on some campaigns. I've always been interested in this. Like, let's go ahead and take a shot. Like, let's run for office. Let's have more of a say in how our our local government operates than just casting a ballot every two years. So when I was 26, I, I decided to run for office while keeping my finance job. So every day I'd come home after work during the campaign season. I'd, I knocked on every single door twice. And at the end of the day, I was able to pull out a victory by about 107 votes from someone that it was a fifth generation Coronada and a former council member herself. And it was co- almost like a changing of the guard a little bit within Coronado and started falling more and more in love with, with public policy, recognizing kind of, all right, here is what the role of government is at the local level. Here's how I can play a part in that. And, you know, sometimes your passion just takes you in places you didn't necessarily expect you to get, expect to go. Four years later, our mayor was termed out. So there was an opening. So I'm like, well, gosh, it worked the first time. Let's try this again. And, and so I was able to have a slightly bigger platform to affect more change and then also start affecting policy on more of a, a regional scale for the entire county of San Diego. So that's kind of a meandering way of how I got to where I am now. I mean, you've been serving for five years. Yep. And when did your term end? So I, I first got elected to the mayor spot in 2016. I got reelected in 2020. And I will be termed out in 2024. 2024. Mm-hmm. And any ideas what you're going to do after that? I... I have a few ideas. I, I actually was previously running for, for Congress during this 2022 election cycle. Uh, we were off to a great start, had uh, phenomenal fundraising numbers, a lot of support within the district. And then the rug kind of got pulled out from underneath us. The uh, redistricting commission in California changed up our district boundaries and, and really drew me out of a, a winnable seat. Uh, so I was initially anticipating to run for Congress in 2022. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen in 2024. You're crazy enough to leave San Diego for Washington, D.C. I know. <laughs> that should make you question my sanity right there. So Rich, we're talking with Richard Bailey, who's the mayor of Coronado, California. Now, you're not a stranger to Colorado. And I want to talk mm. a little bit about the Trans Rockies. This is a race we both run. It's where we first met, I think. Uh, we, haven't, we didn't meet there. We met oh. in, in California because my mom is a big fan of yours. And so she said, you got to meet Richard Bailey. Did we have a mutual friend, though, that we bumped into on what? the course? So you know Kevin McDonald or Kevin, uh, Kevin Huda, Huda yes. who runs the race, and, and that we started talking about the Trans Rockies. But I ran it last year, which you didn't. Right. You ran it this year, which I didn't. And so this is an amazing race for people to understand. It's one of the most fun races. It starts in Buena Vista, Colorado, where I was a river guide for years, by the way. And it's this race over six days, and you travel to these mountain towns throughout Colorado. You go from Buena Vista to Leadville to uh, the the old. Uh, military base there. I'm trying to remember the Camp name of Hale. it. Camp Hale. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Red Cliff, then you go to Vail, and then you, I think you finish in Beaver, Beaver Creek. Creek. You did all six days. I've done all six days. But here's the cool thing. So this company takes everything for you. You just wake up in the morning, you just start running about 20 miles. So it's about 20 miles a day for six days. So a total of about 120 miles. And they take everything for you. They cook all the meals for you. So you just show up. They have a tent set up for you. You put your stuff in it. You have a few 
drinks, you eat some food, and then you go to bed, you wake up and you do the next thing. They have music, and it's really a fun race. And, and you run a number of these kind of long-distance races, not only with Trans Rockies, but some of the other stuff too, haven't you? Yeah, so I've done, I've done quite a few marathons. I've done the Trans Rockies now four times. Four. And uh, Trans Rockies, for, for all the listeners out there, if you enjoy running or trail running or camping or just being outside in the mountains, come to the Trans Rockies. It is by far, of all the events I've ever done, it is my favorite week of the year. It's my favorite event I've ever done because you are you are surrounded by good quality people yep. that enjoy being outside. You are in some of the most beautiful locations in the Rockies and you're, you know, you're really pushing yourself to your physical limits and you just, you get to meet some great people along the way. I did it for the first time back in 2016 and I'm still good friends with people I met uh, back in 2016. So I actually looked up our times. Uh Oh, here you, we go. You want to know who ran faster? I'm, I'm a little scared to see, but let's... Okay, so this is important for you to understand, Richard. When you turn 40, God gives you a totally different body. So now you got you to learn to deal with stuff that doesn't work anymore. You're not nearly as fast. You can't eat what you thought you were going to eat. So uh, Richard and I ran the same race, and he beat me by eight hours. So to, to give you a sense... Uh, now, that sounds extreme, but it's really about an hour and 15 minutes per day for six days. Uh, he ran faster over 20 miles, but uh, that, that that that's quite a difference. <laughs> well, you know, you're absolutely right, though, that eight hours might sound like a lot, but it's a long race. I mean, I think that breaks down to maybe a minute or two per mile on average. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really impressive race. It is a it's a mental grind. It's a physical yep. grind. And it's one of those things that uh, you end up sharing a, a special bond with, with not just the people you do it during that race or during that year, but like other people that have done it, even when years you didn't do it, because you you both can appreciate what you've gone through. So favorite segment, there's six segments. Like I mentioned, Buena Vista, Leadville, Camp Hale, Redcliffe, Vale, and then Beaver Creek. What was your favorite segment of that race? I have to say segment four coming into Redcliffe because when you finish that segment, like you kind of finish going through this riverbed yeah, and you end up in this tiny little town and there's this, there's this bar restaurant called Mangoes <laughs> and the, the few hundred people that are doing the race with you are all like, Hey, it's time to party. So we're going to hang out in Mangoes. We're going to have some margaritas, have some drinks, have some great tacos and just hang out. And since that's kind of like, since day four, you're well beyond the halfway point. Now you got two days left. Uh, everyone starts to let loose a little bit and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that, that's a really fun, fun afternoon. My favorite segment was running into Vale because the entire last segment's all downhill. That's I so mean, nice. you can unleash yourself and yeah. those big strides and just finish. So you you come through the back bowl of Vale, you come up to the top of Vale, and then you run down the front of Vale and finish in Vale City. And I could just, I, I felt like I was flying. Oh yeah, it was you a can, ton of fun. You can clip off sub sevens without a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Richard can. We're talking with Richard Bailey, who's the uh, mayor of Coronado, California. We're talking about what makes Coronado unique because it's really the, the home base of training for the U.S. Navy SEALs, the Naval Air Station, North Island, all the battleships and carriers and submarines and aircraft and helicopters. It really is an amazing island. He's in charge elected by the people to oversee this great island uh, out west. Uh, talking about the Trans Rockies as well, which is a race we've both run in, in the state of Colorado. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges, particularly as they relate to Tijuana, some of the sewage problems uh, that are facing uh, the community. And I know a big issue that he's dealing with. So uh, stick around after this commercial break. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, hosted 
by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back after this message. 